people use church for wrong reasons as well as right reasons. I like the sense of community. Yes. The problem with church... We live in social isolation a lot. Like, I never would be focused on that at all if it wasn't for my faith. Very, very welcoming to me. I feel a part of the community. The church is the hands and feet of Christ. Like, there's a reason why people do this. There is something to it, so... Connection and belief and faith. Loving everyone. Good morning, Journey. Uh, I, thank you. I heard that out there. I, I think I just realized that this moving to the middle thing is going to be a little bit harder than I thought because I was out there experiencing what you all were experiencing. And uh, when Ben asked us to move, I didn't move because mentally I'm thinking that that's my seat. Like I, I don't sit right there. I sit right there. And I bet you there are hundreds of you out there that are thinking the same thing. That's my seat. I don't want to sit in a different seat. I came in here and chose this seat for a reason. So we're really going to have to work together on this for the sake of our guests that are coming in. Uh, I've got to say this before we get started too. I've got to say go Cats. Way to go. Big win yesterday. Uh, the reason that I feel like I have to say it uh, in a group is uh, I hate when there's a cat game before I have to preach because uh, early on I would get so boisterous and yelling on third down all of the stuff that I would get here and I'd have absolutely no voice to preach and so I've got to be a little bit tame uh, when I go to the games which is probably good for a pastor anyway you should probably be tame but you want a root on your team and so I just wanted to come and be with my people and say go cats. We're in week three of this series that we're calling, Why Church? The question that we're asking is, why do we do this? Why do we show up? And maybe I want you to ask the question, why are you here? Why? Why is a powerful, powerful question. And it's probably one of the most important questions we can ask as it relates to our faith, as it relates to church. Because if we just ask questions like, what do we do at church? How do we do the things that we do at church? It never captures our heart. We can think about it, but it's the question of why that grabs a hold of our heart. Why grabs our passions, grabs our emotion, grabs our gut. It gives us that sense of purpose, that sense of belief, that sense that I'm a part of something that's bigger than me that gets me out of the bed in the morning and saying, I want to be a part of this. If you quit asking the question why, you're gonna walk in here week after week and your heart is gonna be unengaged. And maybe after a while you'll just quit showing up or even if you are here, you're just gonna be doing it out of duty, obligation, routine. I just do this because this is what I've always done. And at the end of the day, you're gonna end up with cold, dead, stagnant religion. Nothing makes Jesus more frustrated than religion. Jesus wants us to understand why. Why are we here? Why do we do the things that we do? Here's what I believe, and I think I can make a great case for it, why this makes Jesus angry. He was so kind to so many people but there were people that it seemed like every time that he interacted with this one group of people, he just wanted to like kick them in the shins. Religious people. Religious people. The Pharisees. 
Those that just said, this is all it's about. It's just behave, 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 behave. The Pharisees had lost the why. They had lost their heart. In fact, when Jesus was talking with them, he said, it's not just about behave, behave, behave. These people in this world right now, tax collectors, prostitutes, the notorious sinners, he said to the religious leaders, they're finding the kingdom of God ahead of you. It's not because they're behaving, 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 but they're understanding why. Why it is that Jesus did what he did, why he came, and it's changing their life forever. You wanna be a Pharisee? You wanna just let your heart grow cold? Quit asking the question, why? I believe that's what happened to the Pharisees. They quit asking why. They lost their why, so they lost their way. And friends, so can you. So can I. So can whole churches of people if we lose our why. Where do we get it? Where do we get that why that Jesus wants us to have? Where do we get to the place where our hearts are actually beating for the same thing that God's heart is beating for? We get the why by learning to listen to his voice, learning to listen and discern the voice of God in our life for ourselves. In this series, Brian talked about it last week, we're gonna be looking at the life of Jesus this way, the way we think about discipleship. We think about discipleship in this way. Discipleship is simply us learning to practice the ways of Jesus. And when we look at the life of Jesus, we see that there was this component of his life where he engaged with the Father. He was constantly pulling away, hearing and responding to the voice of the Father in his life. And if we are going to be a disciple of Jesus, if we are going to follow in his footsteps, that means we need to learn to do the same thing. How do we learn to hear God's voice for ourselves, his personal voice to us, and follow through in obedience? Now, I've been around long enough to know that there are some of you that are just thinking, whenever you start talking about God's voice, I just think it gets weird. Are you talking about an audible voice? I have never heard the audible voice of God, but God speaks to me. There are some of you, maybe you've been around the church your whole life, and it's like, I hear people talking about that. I don't exactly know what that means to hear God's voice for myself. Hang with me. That's why we're here, that we would learn how to discern God's voice together. It's part of why we're here, and this is why, friends, that it's so important that that be true for every one of us here. Because the thing that binds all of our hearts together, the thing that is probably true of everyone in this room is that we walked in here today and we've got problems. We've got problems in our life. We've got challenges in our life. We've got questions in our life. We've got fears in our life. We've got doubts in our life. The answer to these problems, friends, the answer to these challenges is the voice of God. Because friends, it is the voice of God's love that can speak into the insecurities and the loneliness of your life. It's the voice of God that can speak peace into the absolute chaos of your life. It's the voice of God that can speak healing into those places of brokenness in your life where God needs to show up. It's the voice of God that can speak joy into the sadness of your life. 
It's the voice of God that can speak wisdom into the confusion of your life. But friends, it's also the voice of God that can bring challenge to your life. Challenge to the places of complacency in your life. He can speak, con- he can speak conviction into the waywardness or the wandering things that are happening in your life. We need to hear God's voice. But here's the question that I've got for me, I've got it for all of us. Is God's voice, his voice, is his voice the loudest voice in your life? Is God's voice the loudest voice in your life? Or is your life becoming deafened internally in your ears with tons of negative self-talk? I'm never gonna be what I should be. I'm such a failure. God never wants to have anything to do with me. I'm never gonna change. I hate who I am. Is that what is ringing in your ears? That negative self-talk. Maybe it's the voice of criticism. Criticism not coming from your own head, but coming from outside of your life. Maybe even from friends, from family, people around your life that are saying or have said things to you like you're never gonna amount to anything. You don't have what it takes. Are those the voices that we hear? And then friends, there's just the voice of the enemy, the accusation that he wants to bring against our life. Look at your life. Look at what you're doing. Look at what you've done. God can't love you. God can't use you. There's no place for you in his kingdom. What is the loudest voice in your life? Friends, we've got to learn how to take all of these competing voices and learn to silence those voices that do not belong to God. And think about how do we amplify God's voice and his message and the things that he wants to say to me. And when I say me, I'm not just talking about a collective us, I'm talking about you personally. Messages that God wants to speak into your life. Is he the loudest voice in your life? I'm gonna ask us to do something as we kind of step into the more meaty part of this sermon. I wanna ask you to do something. I wanna ask you to pray a bold prayer with me. And here's what I'm gonna ask you to do. I'm gonna ask you to hold your hands out like this. Now this prayer that I'm gonna ask you to pray, it's not my prayer. It's actually a prayer that is found in the Old Testament and it's a prayer that was prayed by Samuel. Samuel who became a great prophet of the nation of Israel. But there was a time in his life when he was learning how to hear the voice of God. And he would be awakened and he would hear someone calling him. And he would go to Eli and he'd say, someone's called, Eli, did you call me? And Eli would say, no, it wasn't me. Went on and on, multiple times. Finally, Eli realizes it's the voice of God. And so he tells Samuel, the next time you hear that voice calling out to you, I want you to do this. I want you to pray, speak, Lord, for your servant is listening. Can we just hold our hands up in a place of receptivity and a place of expectation? And could we just start this message today by repeating that? Would you repeat it after me? Speak, Lord, for your servant is listening. Speak, Lord, for your servant is listening. God, we do come before you today. 
We believe that you're a God who speaks. We want to do everything we can, God, to silence the voices around us. We want to open our ears and our hearts to your voice and to yours alone. Jesus, you said that your sheep, those that belong to you, what's true of them is that they hear your voice and they follow you. They will not follow another voice because they do not recognize it. Jesus, would you make us those kind of sheep that are able to distinguish your voice from all the other voices? As we walk into this auditorium, as we open our Bible, as we kneel to pray, God, would our posture always be like this? Speak, Lord, for your servant is listening. Amen. There's another story in the Old Testament centers around the life of Elijah. And this story happens after a big day in the life of Elijah, after a big encounter with God and the prophets of Baal on Mount Carmel. The power of God was displayed, comes down from heaven, burns up the altar. An incredible display of God's power. But on the heels of that, Elijah finds himself on the run and Jezebel is after him and he's afraid. He is hiding in a mountain on Mount Sinai, but the Lord is inviting him. He's saying, Elijah, I want to talk to you. I want you to hear from me. And then the scripture explains three things that happen. First of all, as he goes out on the mountain and waits for the voice of the Lord, it says that there's this huge windstorm. This windstorm comes and it pounds the mountain. It pounds the mountain in such a way that it's actually blowing parts of the mountain apart. But the scripture makes it really, really clear. The Lord was not in the windstorm. Then it says that there was an earthquake shaking everything. And the scripture makes it really, really clear. The Lord was not in the earthquake. Then there's a fire, huge inferno. But the scripture makes it really, really clear again. But the Lord was not in the fire. But it said, when the voice of the Lord came to Elijah, he came with the sound of a gentle whisper. A gentle whisper. If you grew up with the King James Version, you probably remember it's called a still, small voice. Just a whisper. Now, to me, this seems completely ironic. The opposite of what you would expect. When God wants to say something, when something is so important, why wouldn't he use the spectacular? Why wouldn't he use windstorms, earthquakes, fire? Those are the things that get the headlines even today when those things happen. Those are headline makers. But when God really wants to speak, he uses a whisper. Now, just the simple definition of a whisper is to say something with just using your breath, not using your vocal cords. It's quiet. Why would God want to be quiet? Here's what I think is true. When God has something that he wants to say to us that is so important, he wants to get close to us. You can't do a whisper from a distance. If I wanted to whisper something to Danielle, I brought this just in case. (laughs) 
Got to cover your bases. Danielle, if I had something very important that I wanted you to hear, it didn't matter if anybody else heard it, I would come close, come close to get my dear ear, and I would whisper. I would say it to you. Nobody else would hear. Is that not a beautiful picture of what God wants to do with us? God's got an outside voice, and he can use it. We don't want him to use it in our life. God wants us to be close to him. He wants us to know that that message, it was intimate. It was personal. It was tailored for you. I whispered it to you in just a way that only you would be the one that would understand that it was me talking to you. He wants us to know that we're loved. He wants us to know that he's close. That's why God whispers. We need to learn to hear his whispers. But here's the challenge. It's tough to hear a whisper, Danielle, isn't it? When there's lots of commotion going on. Friends, our lives are loud. I'm gonna go out on a limb here, and I'm gonna say, it may not be true of everybody, but I bet it's true of most of us. Your life is too loud and your schedule is too busy. We don't have those quiet places where we can hear the whispers of God. That's why the psalmist in 4610, Psalm 4610 says this. He says, be still and know that I am God. We've got to quiet our life. We've got to be. Just be. Be still. Be still and know. Be still and know that I am God. I am there. I am with you. I want to speak to you. Be still. Have you ever tried to quiet a loud room? If you want to not do a good job at that, here's what you do. And this happens to me all the time at my journey community. We're all, there's a bunch of people around and everyone's talking with one another. And I'll start out by trying every time I think it's going to work. I say, hey, can I grab your attention? Hey, can I grab your attention? Hey, hey, can I grab your attention? And it's interesting what happens. It's like the volume in the room starts to actually go up. You know, it's like people start to talk over you. But if I do this, instantly it gets quiet. I just simply go, shh. And it's amazing. It is so counterintuitive to me that that's how we need to hush the world around us. Friends, that's what we need to do in our own life. We've got to just say, shh. Let's get quiet. Because it's only when our life gets quiet that we're gonna actually be able to hear the whispers of God. And there's three things that God has given us to be able to discern his whispers in our life. We're gonna look at those today. The first one, is the word, God's word. That's why as long as I'm your pastor, as long as they give me the opportunity to speak to you, this is gonna be open in front of me when I'm talking to you. Now, I can't actually read this without glasses. It's gotta be like, like 16 font, and we're heading toward 18 on my page here. <laughs> but I wanna be reminded 
that if I'm not saying things that God has said in here, I've got nothing to say to you. This is where we hear God's whispers. 2 Corinthians, 2 Timothy 3.16. All scripture, all scripture, from Genesis to the maps in the end, all scripture is God-breathed. The breath of God, the exhaling of God, the whispers of God. And it says that it's useful to teach, rebuke, correct, and train in righteousness. God wants us to know He's gonna teach. He's gonna show us this is what's right. He's gonna rebuke. He's gonna say this is what's not right in your life. He's gonna correct. He's gonna say when you're off, this is how you get right. And he's gonna train us with the scriptures how to stay right, how to stay on the path. What is right, what's not right, how to get right and how to stay right. The scriptures. God wants to breathe those whispers to every one of us. Speak, Lord, for your servant is listening. There's a prayer I pray before I get the opportunity to teach, and it's always the same. It's like, Lord, would you help them to hear another voice besides mine? Because if you come here and all you hear is me, pretty soon I think it's probably just gonna start to sound like the peanuts teacher. Wah, 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 wah. You've got to hear another voice. Because I can bring some information, but it's his voice that's gonna bring transformation to your life. And you know what I know is true? I don't know how often in the exact ways he does it, but God answers that prayer. Here's what happens oftentimes. Someone will come up to me following a sermon or sometimes even a week after a sermon and just say, remember in your sermon when you said, and they'll describe something, And in the back of my mind, I'm thinking, I never said anything like that. (laughs) That was really, really good. I kind of wished I would have said that, but I didn't say anything like that. And early on, as a teacher of the scriptures, I used to think, does anybody even pay attention to what I'm saying? It doesn't even seem like they know exactly what it is that I said. But I've just seen that's God answering that prayer. He needs you to hear another voice besides mine. I mean, I take what I do seriously. It matters to me what I bring to my friends and my family, my spiritual family on the weekend. But I've just got one message of what God is doing in and through my life. But there are hundreds, even thousands of people that will hear this. There needs to be a specific message to them. God's word will whisper specific messages to you. And here's how he does that, because of the second thing that he has to help us to discern his will, to discern his voice. The Holy Spirit. God has given us himself to help us understand how to discern his voice. He sent his Holy Spirit to whisper personally into our lives, his personal presence with us. And the Holy Spirit and the word work together to see God's whispers come into our heart and into our life and into our mind. Hebrews 4.12 explains it this way. It says, for the word of God is alive and powerful. It is sharper than the sharpest two-edged sword, cutting between soul and spirit, between joint and marrow. 
It exposes. It exposes our innermost thoughts and desires. Why is the word alive and powerful? Because God's spirit makes it alive. That spirit that indwells every true follower of Jesus speaks and whispers God's word to us. It's alive and powerful. The NIV, alive and active. It's a way to, another way to say it would be that not only do we read the Bible, but because of the Holy Spirit, the Bible reads us. The Spirit has messages for us. This Spirit that inspired the writers of the Bible is the same Spirit that lives within us, that speaks the message of the Bible to our heart. How? How do we know when the Spirit is speaking to us, either as we're in the Scriptures or as we're walking through life? I want to try to make this as simple as possible. This is what I've experienced. The Holy Spirit most often speaks His whispers and what I like to call like little nudges. There's just these little nudges. There's these promptings. Sometimes there's this thought or idea that comes into my mind. Sometimes it's a word or a picture or a phrase. What do we do with that? One of the first questions I ask is, does this sound like something that God would say to me? As I sense that there's a nudge from the Holy Spirit, like is this something that would align with God's word? Would God want to say something like that to me? And if the answer is yes, I start to ask questions. I just ask the Lord very simple questions, two of them. God, what are you saying to me right now? What is it that you want to say to me right now? Why are you bringing this to my attention right now? And I do everything I can, wherever I'm at, if I'm able to, I try to write it down. Anything that's coming to my mind, I try to write it down. In a journal, you can write it on a phone, you can write it on your notes page, whatever. But we write it down. And there's a second question that I ask. God, what do you want me to do with this? Because our faith isn't about just getting information It's about transformation. And it's hearing and responding to God's word. That's why Jesus would say, the wise person is the one who hears these words of mine, hears my voice, and does what? Puts it into practice. God doesn't speak to us for our consideration. He speaks to us for our obedience. God, what do you want me to do? But we should be so motivated to say yes to whatever it is that he wants us to do because it is the living God that is speaking to us. There's a third thing that God gives us to help us hear his voice. And I can't fit it in here, so I'm not even gonna try. It's the community of believers. Us. His people together. We need each other to help discern the word of God, his voice to us. That spirit that comes to live within the life of every true follower of Jesus, that same spirit is a spirit that indwells corporately, meaning together, his body. His spirit is referred to as the spirit of unity. That spirit, he links our hearts together. He knits our hearts together. We're to be together as we're thinking about what it is that God is saying to us. We are to be a body. We can't be disconnected from one another. This is kind of gross a little bit 
but just go with me here. Think about a body part that gets removed from the body. It doesn't function very well anymore. The same is true within the body of Jesus. We are meant to be knit together, tied together, knit together in a way that Holy Spirit-filled people are engaging the word in community and learning to discern God's voice together. I love Venn diagrams. I just wanna say this is the sweet spot. If you really care about hearing the voice of God for yourself, these three things need to work together to accomplish that for you. That there would be a commitment to the word, that we're regularly allowing the word of God to speak into our life and allowing the Holy Spirit that wrote the Bible through writers over hundreds of years together Those things working together would help us discern and we would do that with one another because sometimes we need another person to actually give us some feedback to the things that we're hearing to help hold up the mirror of our life, hold up the mirror of the word and say, I think you're off track. I think you're missing it here. They need to speak words of comfort, just that hug in life that we need. We need to do that together. I got one of these a handful of months ago, and it's changed the way that I work out. This is called a MyZone, and this is simply all it is. It's a heart rate monitor. And this is all I do, is I take this, and I put it on when I go to work out, and it does just simply one thing. It measures my heart rate. It just answers the question, how engaged is, oh, it's beeping. It's actually working. (laughs) It's answering the question, how engaged is my heart in this workout? And this is what, you can't fake it. I can't fake out this little my zone thing. And in the place where I work out, there are these televisions that are up there and it's got your name up there and it's got the percentage of your maximum heart rate that you're putting out at that point, your output right then. You can't fake it. How engaged is my heart? Here's what I wonder, friends. What if we handed these out at the door when we came in here? And the question that we were asking is, how engaged is my heart? How engaged is my heart in hearing from him? I mean, do we walk into this room like we're walking into a movie theater where we're just kind of imagining in our mind, I'm just gonna sit back and watch the things that happen on the stage, happen on the screen, and walk out and go home? Or do we walk into this place like it's a gym? Like, I'm coming here, I am here to work out. I want to grow. I want to sweat in my faith. That sounds kind of gross. But do I want to work out? How engaged is my heart? Do I come in here, walking in from the parking lot with even a sense of desperation where I'm holding out my hands, maybe not physically, but at least in my mind's eye, 
where there's an incredible receptivity. God, I want to hear from you today. I don't want to just walk in there and walk out. I want to hear from you. What is the level of your heart expectation that God would actually do something in your life when you showed up here? It's why we come. Don't come here without an expectation that God can and wants and will speak to you. It's why we come. My hope would be that when we leave this place, it would be like we just left a gym. That there would be some endorphins that are pumping through our veins because we met with the living God, we heard his voice for ourselves, and we know what it is that he's asking us to do as a result of our experience here. That maybe our, our muscles, our faith muscles, would even get sore because God is challenging us in so many ways. Friends, we've got to raise the level of expectation, raise the level of receptivity if we're going to grab the why that Jesus has for us. And you'll notice that there's a way that we close our services. And if you look at the bottom of your notes page, there's a little couple words that says, next step. Our belief, what we want for you is that you would come in here asking those two questions. God, what do you want to say to me today? Maybe it comes from a worship song. Maybe it comes from an announcement. Maybe it comes from the sermon. Maybe it comes from someone that just talks to you. It can come from all of those things. God, what do you want to say to me? And as a result, God, what do you want me to do? God, what are my marching orders? What do I need to do when I leave here to bring greater transformation into my life? We want you to have a next step. And at the bottom of your notes page, we're gonna start doing this as well, leaving you reflection questions that'll give you the opportunity to grab a hold of the word, the spirit, and a community of believers. Maybe it's just one other person and begin to engage together in those things. God, what do you want to say to me? I'm gonna ask you to just set your things aside and I wanna give you some moments, even now, to just ask those two simple questions. God, what are you saying to me? Right now, what am I going to do? God, we're hungry. We're desperate for you. God, I believe you speaking through the power of your Holy Spirit into the depths of our heart is the solution to a thousand problems that we have in and around our lives. God, we know that you are a God who speaks. Teach us how to do that. God, would you show us the places where we need to silence other voices? Would you show us the places where we need to just be still, create space, create opportunity for you to do what you can do in speaking to us? God, thank you that you've given us everything we need. Thank you that we've got 
your word, your breath, your exhaling, your whispers, and your Holy Spirit that speaks to our hearts. And thank you for the community of faith to walk with us, to help us. God, we love you. We trust you. Thank you that your word gives us the why behind showing up here today. God, we love you and we trust you. Jesus, in your name we pray. Amen. Thanks for listening. We hope this time has allowed you to dig out more of who God has made you to be. If you made some kind of spiritual decision today and are interested in what's next, we'd love to connect with you. For more information or to get in touch, please visit journeyweb.net. If you're interested in supporting our ministry, you can give online at journeyweb.net slash give. Thanks.